Okay, here we go in three, two, one. Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I'm Ross. And I am Gordon. Hi, Gordon. It's good to be back with you. And I have a question. If you had to slim down your kit such that you were only able to carry a single filter, only one, and you knew that winter was coming with white snow and clear skies, what would that filter be? Well, firstly, it's good to have you back. Now, that's a very loaded and probably leading question, but I suspect you you did that on purpose. So I am going to say a polarizer or a polarizing filter. And for all we know, I might even be telling the truth. That is, in fact, the path that I was hopeful that you would take. But tell us why you would choose a polarizer and what you get from using one. Well, from what I shoot, the polarizer does several things for me, none of which can be done properly in post-processing. All the AI claims and stuff notwithstanding. And that goes a long way to getting things right in the camera in the first place. So what would you say is the first of those things that the polarizer helps with? Well, you mentioned clear skies and you mentioned winter. And uh, at that particular time of the year, the skies are very clear. The smog and pollution as we know it is suppressed to some extent. But in the upper atmosphere, there is still the water and the crystals. And they act as reflectors to which can have a negative impact on the color and saturation of the sky. So since, as I see it, one of the functions of a polarizer is to reduce reflections, this can be used to reduce those and so produce uh, richer sky colors without the artifacts that could be created when you attempt to do this in post-processing. Okay, that's a good word. I think artifact is our word for the episode. Yes, we'll call it the artifactual episode. Very good. (laughs) Describe what you mean by artifact. I'm sure folks have seen them and maybe even created them, but I think it's important that we level set. Okay. So... If I looked at an image uh, taken in winter and I saw this clear blue sky in my mind's eye, which is not on the image, I could try and reproduce that by increasing the saturation using a targeted tool, maybe from the HSL panel. Problem with that is that changing that impacts everything that is in the image that is of that color. So I could go to Photoshop, or now, even the new masking techniques in Photoshop and Lightroom, which have really simplified things, but not eliminated the headaches completely. So I could go to one of those and get use an adjustment mask. But again, that creates two or three steps that don't need to be there. And if my selection isn't great in the first place, I'm going to get some fringing uh, in the image. And I also find that the increase in saturation, I also have to decrease the brightness. 
Otherwise, they get this kind of a nuclear glow that some may think looks okay, but I find it looks fake. Okay, fair enough. But So what do you see when you use the polarizer, as you say, getting it in camera? Polarizer is managing or suppressing the reflections in the sky. And the color gets richer without causing the problems of more work, more skill required, and ultimately the distorted fake look. Plus, I can control how much filtering that polarizer light is letting through by rotating the front ring of the polarizer. Fair enough. Are there other benefits with the polarizer that you see? We live in a land of ice and snow for much of this year. Getting there now. Both of these things are highly reflective. And I'm, if I'm not paying attention, those reflections can throw off the meter readings, resulting in an overall underexposure of the image. And it takes a fair amount of skill to decide how much you're going to make, make your corrections to, to compensate for this. The other side of trying to control this is that the reflections, the brighter ends of the reflections may blow out completely and create hot spots and loss of uh, any kind of highlight uh, detail in the image. So the polarizer in this scenario, how does it help? Well, the polarizer controls the reflections depending on my position relative to the sun. And I can then get a more accurate uh, meter reading to start my work with. And I can also manage the presence of the hotspots. And since I shoot mirrorless with the electronic viewfinder, I can see the effects right there on my screen. But you still shoot with the optical viewfinders, and you get the same results as I am in the what-you-see-is-what-you-get category. Yeah, that's very true. The polarizer is wonderful in this regard because it benefits no matter what camera design that you're using. But maybe you could explain or attempt to clarify what this polarization and therefore probably depolarization, if you wish, does. We all toss this word around, but I'm not, eh, but it's a bit foggy for most of us. And that pun was absolutely intended. And I am personally grateful <laughs> for the puns. So the polarizer, by definition, polarizes the light that passes through it. It's an optical filter, and we place it in the path of scattered light. It filters out sections, depending on the orientation of the polarizer, to pass a beam of what we call polarized light, i.e. light that is less scattered. Uh, basically, it forces or filters such that the light is moving in a single plane as opposed to all over the place. And in so doing, we can use it to remove reflections on most surfaces, with the exception of unpainted metal. And in so doing, we'll also get greater saturation and higher contrast. Now, I know that there are folks who think that the polarizer is only useful if you want rich blue skies, but that's not true. The effect of using a polarizing filter in photography has that same effect, saturation and contrast, on all the visual colors. Uh, yes, I was going to actually bring that up because um, 
certainly in the fall out here where the colors are outstandingly vivid this year. Uh, using a polarizer just makes everything absolutely pop. And again, uh, I have been party to the terminology tossing around that there are different kinds of polarizers without really understanding what the differences are. There are different types of polarizers, right? There are indeed. I used to say back when we were shooting film that film is getting so popular again, I guess we can say if we're shooting film, we use what are called linear polarizers. And what they do is they put the, the light, the wave, into a single plane. Now, I know there's folks who will remember their physics and will want to tell me, but light's not just a wave, it's also a particle. And you're absolutely right. <laughs> but in the case of the polarizer, we're thinking in terms of light as a wave. When we went to digital sensors, we had to change to a different kind of polarizer called the circular polarizer. And if we look at the effect of what it does to the wave, is it actually takes that wave, holds it in a single plane, but puts it in a spiral. So as we rotate that front element of the polarizer, we're adjusting where we get the intersection between the level of polarized light and the sensor itself in accordance with what you as the photographer wants. As you said earlier, you get to control how much polarization takes place simply by rotating that front ring. So all this adjustment happens now is happening all through the movement of the front ring. Precisely. When you rotate that outer ring, front ring, you're managing the plane of polarization through a total range of 90 degrees. That's a quarter of a turn. What you see in the finder is what you're going to get. And when you look through the finder, be it optical or electronic, as you rotate that ring, you're going to see all the potential effects that the polarizing filter can do. If you can't see something, it's not doing it. There's no need nor point in spinning that outer ring more than one quarter turn. So that implies that the changes that you make by twirling that front, front ring, and I acknowledge the quarter turn, no more, no, um, no more is required, is a very quick process. It's very quick, and you see what you're going to get. The important thing to remember is that 90-degree metric, because it also applies relative to the direction of the light, as it applies to the angle of the lens. If the lens is fully in alignment with the light source, my, like the light is right behind you or right in front of you, the polarizing filter is going to have negligible effect no matter where you put that front ring. However, the closer you get where the angle between the pointing point of the lens and the direction of the light, where the light source is, the closer you get that to 90 degrees, the more effect that you will see from the use of the polarizing filter. So if I understand that right, if the light is coming from the east to the west and I am going to be shooting north or south, I get the maximum polarizing effect. And likewise, if the light is east or west, and I'm shooting east or west, no effect. So other than looking through the lens, do you have any other tricks that we can use in the field? I, I do. Because when I started, some of the cameras I used, you didn't see through the lens. Right. View cameras, twin lens reflexes, right. they're separate lenses. So the trick that I learned back then was to make a pistol with your index finger and thumb 
So your index finger and thumb are at 90 degrees to each other. Point your thumb at the light source. Then anywhere your index finger is pointing is going to deliver maximum polarization. It's really, really easy. Okay, so, but I've also heard that polarizers will only work with direct light. Is that uh, correct? It's not true. However, indirect light, such as light that's coming through clouds or even a softbox, is already somewhat directional. It's already partially polarized. So the impact of the polarizing filter is less obvious, and in some cases, you may say, I can't see any difference at all. There's no harm in shooting with indirect light in a polarizer. You don't have to take it off if the light is indirect. But you do have to consider that the polarizer by its nature is going to cut some light transmission. A circular polarizer reduces light to the sensor by about a stop and a half. And a linear polarizer that you would use with film by up to two and a half stops. But the good news is your light meter is happening behind the polarizer, after the polarizing effect. So your meter reading is going to be accurate. Now you may not like the reading you're getting, and you might want to, in the case of digital, push your ISO or open the aperture or slow the shutter speed. And in the case of the film, well, open the lens up or slow the shutter speed down. You don't want to be punching with the ISO in film. If you need to make changes to deal with the nature of your subject. But in the long term, that's a potentially small price to pay for the value that's returned in terms of the color quality, the saturation, the contrast. That's a whole lot of information we've just laid out there. And it's generally not well dispersed. Uh oh, another pun, polarizing. That's too. <laughs> it's not well dispersed in the literature. So is the statement I made earlier that I cannot produce this effect of a polarizer in post-processing still true? Yes, it is still true. And the reason for this is because the polarization of the light, that polarizing filter, has to happen before the image is stored, recorded, whether on film or on the sensor. You may be able to fake it out, and there are plugins out there that claim to do polarization, but polarization has to happen before the image is recorded. So these plugins that say, oh yes, we do polarization, they're really faking it out somehow, usually by punching the saturation and the contrast and dropping the brightness a little bit to give the illusion but it's not really polarization. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for this conversation and the ideas that you came up with. And to those who listen, I would say that uh, the most useful and must-have filter for any photographer would be a polarizer. And I would agree with you 100%. Listeners, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes and new articles on the site. For the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast, I'm Ross. And I'm Gordon. And we'll be back. (laughs) 